Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Mind Over Matter. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since I've recorded an episode and something's just been on my mind a lot as I have been teaching my yoga class and also reading a new book called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. So today the episode that we're diving into is all about detachment and what it means, how to implement it, how it can be helpful, and kind of where to start. So if that sounds interesting to you, even if you've never heard the word before, um, tune in and we'll learn about it together. So what is detachment? In uh, the typical sense of what I used to view it as was in yoga, to be honest. I kind of thought that detachment was applied when you were in some sort of circumstance where it was a lot easier to get into the state of mindfulness that you were able to quote unquote detach from the other things going on in your life, which is a really typical intro when you go to a yoga class, especially if it's a flow or um, a yin yoga or maybe a restorative class. It's a, it's very common for teachers to try and help you let go of what happened before you got there and let go of what's going to happen when you leave and detach quite literally. So I've heard this word used a lot in meditation and yoga for probably several years now, but I didn't really, I didn't like many things, try to incorporate it into the rest of my life. I used it when it was brought up. I used it in those specific scenarios, but I didn't understand that detachment is it is a way to live your entire life. And that was, that was really um, an eye-opening realization for me to have, which came, as I said in the intro, from reading Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk, and I'm not done with it yet, but he talks a lot about how when he was living like a monk, they practiced detachment. And this means detaching from um, things that have happened in the past. It means detaching from your own experiences, from the experiences of others, from your thoughts. It means detaching from what your career is and what type of family you grew up in, detaching from, um, you know, it could be from your mental health and not in a bad way, but in the sense of these things don't define you. So all these things may be true, but you don't have to carry them around. It may be true that you struggle with your relationship with food. It may be true that you grew up in a harmful household. It may be true that your job is better than some people's or worse than some people's. Um, You can really use any example. The point being that these things aren't going to drastically deter who you are or how you show up in the rest of your life, both for yourself and for other people. So to put it in a little bit more of simple terms, for me, detachment has become a way to lower my stress levels and also remove a lot of thoughts that I just have in my head on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure many of you can relate to kind of the loop-based thinking where something happens or you remember something or start to think about it and you can't get it out of your head and it doesn't help. So I think that's the first step in understanding that these things we carry around, the thought patterns that we have, when we realize they no longer serve us, that's a really powerful place to reach. However, 
just because you understand that doesn't mean that it's easy to implement the shift in thinking. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I know that a lot of the, the toxic beliefs that I have or patterns of thinking that I have aren't doing anything to serve me. And I don't want to have them anymore, but I'm so used to them. I'm so um, accustomed to having them be a part of my life that it's almost uncomfortable to think of them not being there. And this ranges from anything to people pleasing in the sense of like, it's so scary for me to think of saying no to it's so scary to think of me having like the most free relationship with food because I'm not quite there yet. And it doesn't help me to hold on to a negative body image or these restrictions with food, just like it doesn't help me to continue the belief that if I say no to someone, they're going to no longer be my friend. Those things do not help us. If anything, they keep us stuck in the pattern of thinking that we want to get away from in the first place. So bringing it back to the detachment, that's kind of the catalyst in you can see that these things don't serve you in whatever way. I'm using the theory of detachment to make that leap or step, if you will, in physically removing myself sometimes or mentally removing myself from whatever that thing is. So a mantra for me recently has just been detach, detachment or detaching, because it reminds me that I don't have to hold on to these things even though it feels like I do because I'm so used to it. And that's just my personal experience. So everyone can apply it in their own way. There's so much, so, so, so much um, about detaching and why it's helpful for our brains. But um, I recommend reading Think Like a Monk because he talks about it a lot. However, I'm just kind of giving you the surface level explanations and how I'm using it because that's really the only advice I can give. And it has been helpful for me so far, but it's only the beginning. So just a few more tangible reasons to try and implement this in your life is to eliminate stress, which I already kind of mentioned. There's so much, which I don't think we realize, that we carry around, whether it is a belief, a thought pattern, a um, you know past history, a conversation that we had, an experience that was really harmful and those things start to weigh us down. They really do. And so much of what we think is hard to kind of comprehend as being this physical uh, effect on us, but it, it does. And I can speak from personal experience that sometimes it's my thoughts and my thoughts only that make me exhausted. And if anyone's listening to this, they probably understand that to at least some degree, or you know someone who does. Whether you have, you know, diagnosed anxiety or not, anxiety is, people get anxiety about different things. And I do believe that to a certain degree, it can be helpful to, you know, stay on top of things or to have some sort of sense of urgency. But there is a fine line that is drawn between that and inhibiting anxiety or unhelpful anxiety, which is the point we want to draw on why I think detachment is helpful. And it's kind of twofold in my opinion, because one, it helps us no longer think that those things have to define who we are. And they also, in one split second, remind us that we don't have to keep in this loop. We don't have to stay 
we can detach. So it's a small way to step back from whatever it is that's going on for you and just remind yourself that it doesn't have anything to do with who you are as a person, nor does it continue to have to be on your back. What's the first step in being able to implement this into your daily life? I would say really diving into your own um, inner critic or your own inner wisdom and noticing your habits, whether this is thinking or doing um, your habits with friendships, with conversations, your work. See where you are taking experiences, conversations, or beliefs that you have. This could all be mental. It doesn't even mean that you're saying anything out loud. Something that's holding you back and something that feels heavy to you that you can see has no real purpose to believe. So this could be a conversation that you had with someone that you are stressing out because of the tone of voice you used. Or it could be that you're thinking about your future and what your next job is going to be. Or um, a friendship that you're really concerned isn't going in the direction that you want it to. Or you're worried about losing them things like that, you can start by noticing where you are holding on to this energy and how it's not helping you or changing it. If you decide to do something about it, that's different. If you would like to have a conversation with someone that you're having positive or negative feelings about and you think that's beneficial, then by all means, go for it. But I'm talking about the repetitive overarching themes that most people have in their lives depending on their attachment styles or their personalities in general and the themes that come up over and over and over again that you know are built off of your past or maybe some trauma that you have and it no longer serves a purpose so being able to notice it is the first part and then as i mentioned before Detachment is kind of the catalyst in actually removing those patterns from your life in a way that can help you no longer identify with them and also just let go for your well-being and to feel lighter, to feel like you're not carrying around so much stress or pain or just your past in general. Detachment is a useful way to remove things that no longer help us and see them from a different perspective because if we don't equate them to being who we are we can see them in a much different light and when we hold them so close we believe that so much of who we are is wrapped up into those things once you are able to see these patterns that show up for you which will be different for everyone my example is the people-pleasing and the fear of disappointing others, which kind of go hand in hand. And you dig down to the root of where that comes from, what it is stemming from, because I don't think that detachment should be used as a, I don't even want to call it a coping mechanism. I don't want to, I don't think it should be called a coping mechanism. And I don't think it should lead to avoidance of what your feelings are. I think it's the step that comes after you understand why you believe these things in the first place and being able to see that those beliefs are not going to take place in a positive way in your life here or ever 
And then you're able to see that detachment is a healthy way to remove it from your daily life and to remove it from um, just your encounters and your self-talk and how you live your life. Detachment is so freeing. And I have only just started to try and implement it really in like since the middle of October. And I'm trying to incorporate it into my classes right now. But I just think that it is so powerful if we are able to to use it for good and in the right way. Jay Shetty, who is the author of the book, said that it's not a way to make people think or make even yourself think that you don't care. It's not about not caring. And I can say that with great confidence because I care about a lot of things extremely deeply. It's more about not letting these things hold you back and being able to detach from them enough that they don't determine how you show up in the world or how you go forward, knowing that most of these um, these things come up from a past experience that is no longer our experience now, but we take our reactions, our behaviors, and our beliefs when similar situations come up and we respond to them like we would in the past or like we thought we should in the past or whatever way that our cognitive brain function has developed to deal with those situations. So it's much more about mindfulness and um, honestly confidence because I think as my confidence in myself grows, this will get easier because I'm trying to do it, but it's not easy. And I'm not going to say that it is, but I do think it is. It's really life-changing. I think it's powerful. And I think it has the ability to massively um, improve your day-to-day life in so many different ways. Let's give a couple examples here to see if it can be applied in your life or someone that you know, or just to kind of give a little bit more detail as to how I'm trying to implement this. First up, conversations, which I think so many people can get wrapped up in. There are conversations that we have every single day. And one just kind of preface I'll give is that there's so much that we get um, wrapped up in or anxious about that in a week we won't remember. And I think that's kind of like the first part of this detachment is trying to do it with those little things that are like, I'm not going to even remember that this happened in a week. So why am I stressing out about it now? I need to detach myself from the situation knowing that I didn't do anything that was harmful. I didn't do anything that was intentionally, you know, rude or mean. I have good intentions. If, you know, if there's a problem, it will be brought to my attention. Uh, That is kind of the basis is like these minor situations. So you have a conversation at work and someone, let's say your boss told you to do something because they're your boss and that's their job. But you think it means that they think they're not, that they think you're not doing enough. So that's a belief. Then we ask ourselves, why do we have that belief? And maybe for you or for me, I'm just giving examples. The answer is, so they think you're not doing enough in your head. And why do you think that? Because you're always worried that people think you're not doing enough. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Why do you always think that people don't think you're doing enough? Because you're worried that you're not enough. Why do you think that? because of something that happened to you that made you believe it. Someone said something that made you believe it. You grew up in a household where 
it was only perfectionism and production that got you any attention. So you believe that if you're not doing those things, you're not enough. And if someone wants something from you, it's because you aren't doing those things enough. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. I know it's a little bit of a tangent and it's, it is a loop, but that's what they are. You, you believe something so quickly about a conversation that you had with someone when that could very well be the last of their intentions. And I've experienced this in the past at work myself. Someone will tell me something and I'm like, oh no, like, was I not doing this right? And then I start to worry about it. I start to think about it. And 10 minutes later, they're like, hey, thank you so much for doing that. I just didn't have time. Like, you're doing great. And I'm like, oh God, like, thank goodness. You know, so all that stress just dissipates the second that they give you the validation that whatever belief you held about what they said wasn't true. Detachment allows you to do that for yourself. Another good example is for people who are really plan-oriented or perfectionistic type A. We like to know what's next, what we have to do, what our to-do lists are. Check, check, check. We don't like to be still. We want to keep moving. And that eventually gets exhausting, even if you love it. Because I do. I like being busy. I will raise my hand high and say that. I like to feel accomplished. However, I do get exhausted from it. And I can tell when I've done too much for too long because life starts to feel harder. I'm much more fatigued and I just kind of like lose interest in a lot of things that usually make me super happy. So I'm kind of, I've explained this before to people that like I'll be on for eight days in a row and my on is like 120%. And then I have a day where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. And like, that's fine. I think to a certain extent to have, you know, your lazy days, hang out, whatever, but it's a, it doesn't really um, incorporate the balanced mindset that I would like to have, which is you're doing, you know, you're doing good at all days and you're giving yourself rest all days. You're being a little productive all days. It doesn't have to be this go, 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 crash, go, 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 crash. And planning, future thinking, anxiety about it is super normal. But again, if we can incorporate the theory of detachment, we see that we don't have to do all of those things in order to feel like we are enough because those things won't define us. And this was like the second wing of detachment that I was talking about is not only does it limit our stress, like in the conversation with the employer, you can limit your stress by saying, this conversation doesn't have anything to do with me. I was doing my work. Everything is fine. You detach from the conversation and you move on. In this situation with planning and our futures, we are detaching from the idea that everything we do is wrapped up in everything we are. And when we can separate those two things, we see that we don't have to continually produce in order to be a good person. So the belief here could be, if I stop, I am not doing enough and I am not worthy of my life if I am resting or I am lazy if I am resting. Okay, where did those beliefs come from? Well, you grew up doing a lot and you got attention for doing a lot. So you were worried that no one will really care and no one will see you if you're not excessively producing and giving tangible results of your hard work. Okay, well, you might have believed that when you were young or given the impression of that when you were young, but that's not true. 
your friends like you for how you show up for them and your empathy and your hilarious whatever you know friends like you not for your job friends like you not for your to-do lists that's like the last thing that they think about I don't think about that when with my friends I'm not like oh what did they do today that makes them worth hanging out with like absolutely not so they're not doing it to you either and I get it I'm saying this out loud to you right now as I am telling myself because I struggle with it too that's exactly why I'm making this podcast. That's why the podcast was born. It's really to help myself just as much as anyone else who listens to it. But the point is detaching from, at the end of the day, these beliefs we carry about ourselves helps us to detach from these coping mechanisms or behavior patterns that we exhibit in different situations. And I'm noticing more and more and more that I dive into codependency and just childhood experiences, our beliefs, is that most actions we take, if you really dive in and you ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Where does this come from? It really does stem from a super strong, very, very intense belief that you hold that could have been created when you were four or five or two. I mean, I don't know when. Could have been, you know... A year ago but the the main concept to take out of this is that we have beliefs that are really really imperative in how we see the world and if we can figure out what they are it is easier to detach from them because we see that they're no longer um, a part of our lives in the same way that they once felt they were and we can you know debunk the idea that they were ever true in the first place because just because you believed it or you were given the impression doesn't mean that it was ever actually true maybe it was but maybe it wasn't and either way it doesn't have to be true now last thing really quick I just want to say if anyone does want to read the book that I was talking about it's called think like a monk by Jay Shetty it's really good He has a podcast called On Purpose, which I have been listening to a lot after I heard him on the Ed Milet show. I think he's awesome. And then another book that has been pretty helpful in like meditation and the theory of detachment in a little bit of a different way is called Breathing Through the Whole Body, which I did do a podcast on a while back. So go listen to that. But it's by William Johnson and it's really written on traditional Buddhism practices. So it's in a, it's a much different uh, outline or concept than Think Like a Monk, just in terms of length and how it's written. However, they're both really good. I think they're both uh, on theme with this situation. So if you have any interest, you should definitely read those books. And thank you guys so much for listening.